0: Pod Only Knows is a Cage Club Podcast. For other smart podcasts on culture, pop, and otherwise, go to cageclub.me.
1: You can contact us via email at P-O-K at cageclub.me.
0: You can find me on Twitter at probably Real J-B.
1: And you can find me at Kelly underscore J underscore Baker. And you can find the show on Twitter at Pod Only Knows Pod.
0: The show is written and produced by us. Welcome to the the Metamorphosis episode of Hard to Believe, where we go from uh, Caterpillar to Butterfly or whatever. So uh, as I alluded to in the last episode, we are transitioning into a whole new show next week. And before we do that, I thought it would be a fun time to introduce the new host, co-host, of pod only knows kelly baker who's here right now hi kelly
1: hi john how are you i'm pretty good i'm excited to be here it's nice to be back i mean it's, <laughs> it's like it's one of the last times but like it's nice to be here so
0: i know so you will remember kelly from uh an episode we did about a year ago about uh, her book on the clan and christianity and all that fun stuff and uh was that a year ago or two years ago i
1: think it might have been two years
0: ago two years ago um (laughs) don't don't look for a year ago because that would be too soon and also our episode on midnight mass Mm -hmm. and then if you listen to the other podcast you'll also have heard kelly talking about a very different subject uh which is 10 uh, things i hate about you on 1999 the podcast um so if you're a regular listener of mine you know kelly already but i thought this would be a good opportunity for you to get to know kelly better and also maybe me because i don't even know how much i've talked about myself on this podcast over the last 3 years to be honest so <laughs> <laughs> anyway um let's talk about what pod only knows is going to be do you want what, do you want to explain it to people
1: sure so we thought it would be cool to have a podcast where we talked about religious studies, which is something that you and I both care about and are very much um, a part of that world. But we wanted to do it in a way that was different from other podcasts that were out there. So instead of it being a bookish podcast or... Um, a scholarly podcast. We wanted it to be more casual. We wanted to talk to people about how they got into religious studies. And we wanted to talk to them about their big ideas. Like what are the things that are motivating them? What are they interested in? What brings them to this and what excites them and what are they curious about? Um, Mm -hmm. So we wanted to talk to them in a way that is just kind of a conversation. But we also wanted it to still have that kind of irreverent tone. We wanted it to be fun. Um, but we still want it to be educational too. Uh, and it gives, um, John and I the opportunity to talk to really cool people, an excuse to talk to really cool people. Um, which is a good piece of that too.
0: Yeah. And I think we both also have a perspective on the, the, the broadness of religious studies that other podcasts Which are all great, but don't necessarily um, take into consideration. So for instance, you've written about like the religious dimension of the whole zombie apocalypse thing. You have a book about that. Um, I think a lot of people don't think about the clan as a religious organization. Yeah. You've written a book about that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No,
1: I think I think it's um, one of those things where we're looking for the broader appeal and thinking about religion in expansive ways. And yeah. a lot of the guests that we're going to have on the show are doing similar things. That they're really yes. pushing boundaries about how we think about religion and religious studies um, and bringing some new things to the forefront that we want listeners to pay attention to and to really think about those categories and how we use those categories, but to be engaging to and accessible so that listeners can follow along with us and kind of learn things that maybe they were not learned before and engage them in ways that are new and exciting.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that anybody who's ever started a podcast knows and who hasn't started a podcast probably doesn't know uh, is that it's really hard to name a podcast. Um, <laughs>
1: It wasn't hard at all for us, was it, John? We didn't go no, back and not. forth at all.
0: <laughs> it was not. So we uh, we kept thinking about how to best encapsulate what it is that we're doing here. And we ended up on a pun and a joke uh, right. that I sort of tossed out as a not serious suggestion
1: right (laughs) that
0: that the more we sort of banded it about uh the more we were like actually that's that's that that's really great so yeah we were thinking of like it's hard to the problem with like the religious studies podcast space or like the religion podcast space um and i actually talked about this on my last episode with with gary stevens but it's that like Most religion podcasts are for religious people and Mm -hmm. they are like evangelical in some nature or they're like very much histories of so-and-so that are very sort of detached and secular. And there's not a lot of podcasts that are about the world of studying religion and chronicling religion. Um, for I think primarily our audience is people who or like, you know, sure people who are like already into our topic, but I think we are shooting for people who like don't necessarily have a avenue where they explore the way that religion functions in America, right? Yeah, in I agree. World. Yeah. So pot Only Knows uh was a joke on God Only Knows, <laughs> and I was literally <laughs> I was literally going through after we came up with several different titles that we were both sort of eh, about. I feel Um, like we
1: should say that we tried several different like serious titles, right? We did. We tried serious titles and we could not make it work, right? Like every time we tried a serious title, it was like, no, this just doesn't feel right. And so when you suggested Pot Only Knows, I was like, this made me laugh so hard, but I also (laughs) kind of love it. Um, and then I workshopped it to my family, and my family mm-hmm. was like, "I also love this. Like, this is an amazing title." Yeah.
0: Um,
1: And so, um, so it's yeah. A teenager,
0: like a, te- a teenager, my teenager I mean... who
1: is like a tough sell, a really tough yeah. sell, um, was like, "This is a great title." And yeah. so everybody in my house was like, "What just What just happened? Okay, okay, we have to move forward with this <laughs> because." <laughs> Our toughest audience member.
0: <laughs> the funny thing is, like, the people that I've so like, I did the same thing where I, was, I said it to my wife, and she's like, "That's great, do that,
1: <laughs> do that." Like,
0: okay. <laughs> and every other one, she's like, "No, it sounds like this. No, it sounds like that. No, it's a bad title. No, that makes me sound. It sounds like a true crime podcast." I'm like, "Okay, fine." So then she's like, "I'm like no, She's like, "That's hilarious. Do that." And I was like, "Fine." Um, but the funny thing is, is that like everybody that I've 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 talked to the concept of the podcast about it and, like, told them the title. Like, none of them are like, that's weird. I'm like, they're all like, oh, it's great. Great title. Yeah, right, Uh, right. Go for it. No, I mean,
1: it makes me, like, instantly want to have, like, coffee mugs and, like, t-shirts and, like, beanies and, like, I mean, it is that sort of funny um, kind of thing where I like the joke, but I also like the nod to, like, religious studies and... That we're thinking through this and that we can be like, that we can be serious, right? Which is part of what we talked about when we right. were thinking through this, but we can also be kind of funny about this and know that this has a sense of humor and that we can play around with this too. And I really liked that. Um, for that title and for that in particular, (laughs) that I was just like, I love this. And so, um, you know, it was just me getting over the initial being able to say it without laughing, which took some work.
0: (laughs) 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 I was like, I can do it.
1: I know I can, right? I can say this without laughing every time I say it. So,
0: yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And also it sort of fits what religion is where like we can be serious and we can be funny. And like, it's sort of a, sort of a serious title, but sort of a funny one. And right. You know, there's a lot of really funny stuff about religion. It's mostly pretty funny Um, until, until it gets fascist, but yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Until it gets, uh, it gets more (laughs) serious than serious, like you know, Mm -hmm. and we have to pay attention to that piece too. But um, yeah, it's the incongruity of those pieces that I think that we're going to pay attention to as well. Um, And I think one of the things that I appreciate too is that I, and you probably can tell from listening to us go back and forth um, as well, is that it gives a sense of how much um, we kind of laugh on the podcast and go back and (laughs) forth. That this is something that is real and it happens because, and, and it happens because I think we're funny, but also happens I think because sometimes we're like startled and laughter is kind of our only reaction to some of the stuff that we're talking about um yeah and sometimes like Mm -hmm. things are genuinely funny but um you know like sometimes there are these moments that i don't know like what to do except to laugh because like otherwise i would be like really upset um and i'm gonna (laughs) try to not cry (laughs) like that's the goal right when we're talking about this is not to be like let me throw myself on the ground here um but i like that as a piece of it too that you know that we have those kinds of reactions and that they're real and um that we have those with our guests too that they very much um, come along for that ride and that's neat
0: yeah and we between the two of us have amassed a um a pretty cool uh menagerie of people within this field in all kinds of different capacities that we have come to know over the years. So we will be calling on, calling in a bunch of favors, (laughs) (laughs) a bunch of people that we've come to know, um, to, to help make this podcast work, but we'll also be, be picking each other's brains, um, over the course of the series as well. So we're not always going to have guests. Sometimes it'll just be the two of us. Uh, Choosing a topic that we are going to discuss together. So um, that's also going to be fun and sort of a nice change of pace and a little bit freeing. Uh,
1: Yeah. Well, and I like the idea, too, that um, occasionally we're also going to surprise each other with what the topic is as well, right? So some (laughs) of these episodes are going to be a little bit trickier than others where, um, you know, we'll see. We'll just kind of see where the journey takes us. Um, <laughs> some of the
0: episodes. We're gonna try and stump each other too, and see if there's something that the other one doesn't know already. Um, right. When we when we when we bring on these things. So, uh, okay. So let's talk a little bit about why we're such religion weirdos when, like, neither of us are actually especially religious, which I right. think is also yeah, um, a, a, an interesting part of this. So, what is your what is your journey? through the world of religious studies.
1: Yeah. Yeah. In. Um, So I grew up in rural Florida. I'm back in rural Florida now, which is a different kind of experience. And I'll probably allude to this as we move through um, with the podcast. Yeah. Um, Florida is pretty heavy on my brain because we're sort of a fascist state these days. Um I should
0: also wait before you, before you go on, I should also say cuz I think this is really important too is that like one of the things that is going to make this interesting is that we both we live in sort of socio-geographically very different places. <laughs> I, yes. Um in terms of not just the politics but the religious sort of landscape. So I am in like you know where where blue was born, Massachusetts. Um which is which is the most One of the two most democratic states in the country, aside from California, uh, surrounded by a bunch of like, you know, Unitarians and Catholics and like largely kind of, broadly speaking, liberal religious people and or non-religious people and um, not. Not the Bible belt
1: <laughs> right right <laughs>
0: whatsoever. And you are like in the opposite of that.
1: I am. I am in the opposite. I am in the opposite. And I grew up in the opposite um, in that way that was sort of nominally Christian, so not really affiliated. Um, and so I've always kind of been intrigued by folks who were like deeply religious. And in that context, for me, that meant deeply Christian. So here, where I grew up, it was like deeply evangelical, mostly Baptist, right? Um, We do have a Catholic church, right? Um, There occasionally were Jewish families, but it's not – it wasn't super diverse when I was growing up. And so I was always kind of intrigued by these folks, and they were always – sort of understanding me as a missionary object. So I was always invited like to church, like to (laughs) come, right, so that they could convert me. So I went to a number of these churches um, with the hopes that they could like bring me to somewhere. It never worked out for them, but it was always like this really fascinating activity for me because I got to come and experience this stuff. And then, you know, a lot about saving my soul, eternal damnation, this sort of thing. Um, And I was in high school in the 90s when Left Behind and Tim LaHaye and Jerry Jenkins was like huge. And that, um, if you know anything about my research, (laughs) really like molded the way I understood things. Um, And I really um, kind of veered into apocalypticism as something that I study. But that was super fascinating to me that everybody was into these Left Behind books They're talking about the rapture. And I was like, what is happening here? Right. And I did a brief stint in evangelicalism and it didn't stick, is what I should say. It's cute to say that, right? Like it just didn't didn't stick, right? Yeah. Um, and then I got to college and I was yeah, yeah, Yeah. I I tried. It just didn't it just didn't work, right? You chose hell. (laughs) I did. I did. I chose to be left behind. It's what happened. It's that I knew I wasn't gonna be raptured. Um, and so I got to college and I started taking religious studies classes and realized that there was a lot out there beyond what I had experienced and got more and more fascinated by why people were doing what they were doing, where I just Mm -hmm. realized that, like, there was so much more than I had already experienced and that it was so much more complicated than I kind of understood it to be. And I was hooked at that point. And it pretty much was I took any religious studies class that I could take. Um, and became more and more interested in religious intolerance and religious hatred in particular. Um, So my first book is on um, the Klan and white supremacy and white Christian nationalism. Um, But it was this kind of journey for me to be like, why are people doing this, right? Why are they doing all these things? What are these commitments? How do they understand this? You know, what are they doing with their bodies, right, was one of the things that I was really interested in. Like, you know, how does this ritual stuff work? And that makes a lot of sense when you think about how evangelical belief centered so much of what I encountered was, right? That I was like, oh, it's this is whole other category that I haven't um, kind of conceptualized or thought about or done this sort of thing. Um, so it's very much a kind of outside looking in peace. And like you said, I was never kind of religiously committed like other people that I've encountered about this. It's always been kind of Um, me attempting and it not really working (laughs) in some sort of ways, right? That I've just never had that confessional take, right? Um, But very much understood myself to be more historian, more kind of ethnographic in approach, right? That that was much more interesting, me just kind of studying this stuff and seeing what people are doing. Um, And just growing up here and now being back here in the Bible Belt where just everything is saturated, Um, with Christianity, right, and especially this kind of white evangelical Christianity, and it's the water that you swim in, um, I just understand how important it is to understand religion and what it's doing, right, and what it does to us. Like, it's just impossible to get around. Um, And so it's just how much it matters is still kind of where I'm at and what I pay attention to and, you know, what it means that my kids go to a school where they're required to do a moment of silence where people pray and there's an expectation that you might want to pray, right? Or Mm -hmm. there's an encouragement Mm -hmm. to pray at lunch, right, over your food. Or, you know, there are these things that just these markers of this, whether they're believers or not, right, that kind of still creeps in and navigating that in some kind of way is, uh, what's the kindest way to put it? Intriguing is maybe... (laughs) way to frame it i don't know that's a Um, kind way to put it yeah Yeah, like you know um hard right i don't know right like it is um but it's just the way in which it still presses upon us even if we don't want to participate in it that still i think motivates me to think about it and wonder about it and figure out how to kind of negotiate this in some sort of way yeah so what about you like how did you get into this
0: um, yeah, so again, I think if you like listen to every episode of my show, you could probably piece together if <laughs> you wrote down every little biographical data point that I right. put out over the years uh you could probably piece it together, but the, basically the story is uh very similarly, I think, but like again in a in a very different sort of um environment of uh, sort of how how I came into that um so i was I was raised episcopalian uh because i was born in the uk and so i come from an anglican background and, and you know in, in in england uh the way religion function is very different um in general especially the way that christianity functions for most people it's very much just a cultural thing and like you know um it's very like non-religious christianity it's like state it's it's weird Um, which is not to say there aren't like evangelicals in England, there are, but, but it's uh, culturally, it's a very sort of, it, it falls, it falls very differently. So, you know, Episcopalianism is sort of the American equivalent to, um, Anglicanism. And I, you know, I was, I was baptized and we went to church regularly for a while until we didn't anymore. And like, I never had any, um, particular sort of personal gravitation towards Christianity at all. Um, but I do remember being in church and like having a whole bunch of weird, um, thoughts about the existence of God and that sort of thing that probably you're not supposed to have when you're like eight, <laughs> 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 just like how I would pass my time, uh, uh, being bored. So I, I know that the question, like, I've always been interested in, in this phenomenon and, that some people seem to take it very seriously and like it and that other people seem to reject it very violently and that there is a sort of giant spectrum in between um and i've always been more interested in the way that people think about it than it itself um And it really, aside from like all of my Catholic friends complaining about the Catholic church in New England growing up, which was pretty much like my one real experience with like a bunch of Gen Xers being like, oh, it's so terrible. Uh, (laughs) But that's pretty much it. And it wasn't until I moved to the West Coast uh, to Seattle when I was uh, 18 that I, I met evangelicals for the first time. Or like people that I really understood to be evangelicals and like what that meant and like born again, you know, what would Jesus do? Bracelet Christians right. and same thing. They tried to be like, have me go to their cool church, and I was yeah. like, no, I don't care. <laughs> like people would ask me if I was a Christian, and I was like, well, of course I'm a Christian. I'm Amer- Like I'm white and American. Like what are you talking? Like yes, and they're like, oh, so when were you saved? I'm like, what do you What do you mean? <laughs> I don't know what that what means. What are you talking about? Right. <laughs> Like, what is this language? Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I, I, I sort of realized the diversity um, of Christianity then uh, and and the way that there are people like my age who who are like voluntarily religious, which is a very kind of new yeah. thing um, yeah. in, in, in my world. Uh, and so, yeah, when I when I started going to college full time um i i sort of i i i was i took some meandering time between high school and college and i i ended up reading a bunch of like you know religion-y stuff I was reading like Joseph Campbell and like Thich Nhat Hanh and that sort of thing like in my spare time uh so it sort of made sense that that was the direction that I wanted to take and you know I I was more I was sort of more on the philosophy side at first like I was really interested in the idea of like the existence of God and like wanted to prove that God existed or like at least come to a conclusion as far as that went Uh uh-huh and certainly, like, there's a time in my life where I was like, I, I hope God exists, and I hope that I can come to some sort of, you know, philosophical proof of that. But, like, I didn't, and um, I've, I've since fallen on the other side of the fence, and that's fine. And, uh, but yeah, I, I same, same thing. I think that as I took more religious studies courses, and I, it, it was just a lot more kind of... Um, it was a lot more sort of like relevant to my experience and to sort of like what I what I found interesting in other people um, and sort of what I've always found interesting in various like, you know, pop culture and cultural, uh, you know, um, pieces over the course of my life. Like that, the the sort of exploratory, the just element of it uh, has always been interesting to me. Um, and then I think like the big game changer was that 9-11 happened and mm-hmm. um, and, and that is what turned it into something where it was like suddenly seemed relevant again mm-hmm. i remember i was a senior as a senior in college when that happened and uh there was like a noticeable uh up uptake in or uptake in the in the um the population of religious studies classes after that happened mm-hmm. like a lot of them were filling up um yep. and so you know people like would have to not have to wait <laughs> for like another right. semester uh, which I thought was really interesting. And um, and so, yeah, it sort of felt like, well, maybe I also um, didn't waste my money or my parents' money, I should say, uh, in this, this major. Because, like, obviously, it's not something you do for um, long-term financial security. <laughs> you don't
1: say. Are you for real? No. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. My parents were always like, I don't know how you're not going to be homeless, but, um, you know, good luck. Well, I um... I just, I
1: think it's interesting because I wanted to be a theater major and the way I showed my parents, is instead I got a PhD in religious studies.
0: Nice. Right.
1: And I'm like, I'm like, good job, guys. (laughs) Like I went from something that probably wasn't lucrative to something else that wasn't lucrative. Like, yeah. Ta-da. Right. Um, But I I think the 9-11 piece is really interesting because I... Oh, I was a senior when that happened too, and because um, I I think we've talked about this previously, right? That we're in the same age cohort. Um, I think we're like
0: exactly a year apart.
1: I think it's close, right? And I'm, I'm trying Wait, to think. I yeah. Your birthday
0: is what? What day of the week? What day of the week?
1: August fifteenth.
0: All right, so I'm August fourteenth.
1: No, What is this? yeah. It's also a Leo podcast. That's what people were. It is a Leo. For. So I'm I'm
0: seventy nine, and you're eighty, okay. right? Yep.
1: Yes. Yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So uh, yeah. 366
1: days. Yeah. Okay,
0: <laughs> but yes, it's very much a Leo it's podcast. A, yeah, so it's Leo's, a Leo podcast. No Leo's right? beware.
1: <laughs> Everyone else, prepare <laughs> thyself. Um, and like
0: we're both, I don't think I think I don't think either of us. I don't know how seriously you take astrology, but we're like we're both very Leo. Like, it,
1: it's, yeah, yeah it's, no, yeah. this is real. Like, it is real. Um, I'm it not going to Leos and nothing, Nobody else. <laughs> but um, it's really real. Uh, Every other
0: sign <laughs> is fake, but Leo's <laughs> Leo's are definitely real.
1: <laughs> um, but I think that, you know, there was a way that that added a seriousness to what I wanted to do because I was an American studies major who then decided that I wanted to go to graduate school in religious studies, that it really kind of yeah. was formative to me that I had taken a ton of religious studies classes as an American studies major, but it kind of solidified it for me that I was like, this is something important and something to pay attention to you, um, and very much shaped the fact that I wanted to study religious hatred, I just went a different course, right, that I didn't study anti-Muslim prejudice and didn't pay attention to that. Instead, I was Mm -hmm. like, I'm going to look at how white Christians are awful because (laughs) of my background, probably. Um, But, you know, it was just a different kind of thing. But I think that that was so formative to our generation in a certain way, right, about how people understood the world or... Um, how they approached it, or um, just the kind of like those key events, right? That you yeah. kind of have to maneuver around in some sort of way, um, you know, where we, the people that are like, you can kind of identify, you know, where you were and what you did and um, how this plays out. Um, but yeah, I think I, I wonder about that impact on the amount of religious studies majors or international affairs or, you know, like. Yeah, what that did to college majors and those, you know, intervening years after that, it would be really interesting to find out.
0: Yeah, I was taking a course called International Conflict um, when nine eleven happened, uh, so it would have started like a month before nine eleven, or maybe a couple weeks, right? <laughs> um, and uh, and my 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 professor was Pakistani, and um, that I think was a really important part of it too, is because I, I sort of understood the religious and sort of um, geopolitical dimension of it at the same time, um, Mm -hmm. largely through kind of his lens. And I think that was one of the places or times when I, I mean, beyond 9-11 itself understood that there really is uh, a relevance to the, the field and the area of study Mm -hmm. (laughs) that will not just go away. And people aren't like the idea of the sort of like, you know, atheist utopia that I think a lot of people in the nineties felt like we were heading towards, um, was obviously just like, that was not happening. Right. <laughs> right. Um, but it's also interesting that I, I, I sort of, my, my, my sort of focus of study was, was on more on religious progressivism as opposed to like right wing, you know, and, and sort of hate, hate group driven religiosity. Right. Um, I did my, my senior project, uh, my independent study project on um, uh, the history of women's ordination uh, and, and the fight for women's ordination within the Catholic church and also the, uh, the history of it within the Episcopal church. Um, so I was always interested in like the, in, like the interfaith movement and that sort of thing and interested in the way that religion could be used as kind of a, um uh you know, harmonizing uh tolerant uh instrument as opposed mm-hmm. to as opposed to <laughs> what you do
1: <laughs> no I went a different way I really went a different way yeah, um, yeah no I mean I think it I think it's fascinating because I took a um I just I ended up with a professor who focused on religion and emotion and religion and to- religion and intolerance and um, one of the things that I was really fascinated with was that I was frustrated by kind of progressive visions of American religions where folks are like, oh, look, there are all these things that are happening that are good. And I was like, yes, there are. I agree. Right. Um, but uh, just based on like my origins, I was like, there are also all these things that are happening that are not great. Right. That we can see these moments where people are using <laughs> this stuff, uh, and weaponizing it, right. Um, in these ways yeah. that are really terrible. Um, and I kind of wanted to take a closer look at that and see how that was happening and where it was happening and, um, what kind of stories we could tell too, that were more complicated about American religious history in different time periods is a lot of what I was looking for. Um, and so it is interesting that yours was such a different route than mine, right? Like, mm-hmm. um, and it's, it's also fascinating to me, too, that I try really hard, despite the fact that I work on, like, doomsday and zombies and white supremacists. I try to be really optimistic about the future. Like, part of what drives me is that I hope that humans are better than they sort of act most of the time. Yeah. Uh The last few years have really, like, tried me on this. Like, yep. <laughs> it's getting harder and harder about this. Um But... I don't know where I was going with this. I lost my train of thought. I was like, my optimism. And then I was like, my optimism, is it still here? I don't know. Like, that's where mm. my brain went. Um, but I, I think that there was uh, a need there for me to try to figure out what I was seeing on the ground compared to the stuff that I was reading in classes that was still trying to be progressive, trying to be hopeful. And that I don't have a problem with that. I just wanted to see some of that reality match up with the storytelling that we were having was happening right um and to not kind of dismiss some of the seedier stuff and some of the more terrible stuff that i was noticing on the ground that was just sort of a part of my history from because of where i was from um that really seemed to be missing in the classes that i was taking um and i think that you know that's part of the larger story for me too of like why Religion Matters from like 2016 on, right? It's like the story of white Christian nationalism, the story of how people ignored that. And now that's kind of a common phrase and people toss it around. But, you know, the hesitance to use something like that or pay attention to it, you know, in that election cycle that now defines us, right? And people pay yeah. attention to it somewhat still, but in kind of weird ways. Um, and, you know, our shift into sort of fascism in these places but we still we're still not great at understanding how religion works with some of that stuff in some way. yeah um yeah. and and that's frustrating <laughs> but um and wanting to see like more complicated engagement with that has been part of my long-standing fascination with religious studies is just to say like can we can we really like get in here and think about like how the stuff works together, you know, um, and, and pull it apart and figure out like how do we counter this? Right. Like how do we effectively work against it? Right. Like what do we do? Um, I don't have good answers for that. I mean (laughs) at all. Um,
0: stay tuned for answers.
1: Stay tuned for answers. Probably not for (laughs) me. Um, again, like I'm trained as a historian, so I feel like we're really not, Right. I shouldn't say we. I feel like I'm really not equipped a lot of times to give those, like, good, solid, like, this is what we should do. I'm like, I can tell you what historical actors have done that have worked sometimes, but, like, yeah. um, but doing that sort of future projection stuff, you know, I'm just not not great at it. Um, but anyway.
0: Yeah, and I think um, what you just said made me think of another sort of, Element of what the last twenty years has been like uh, for me in in sort of staying you know within the religious studies field. So I, I've been teaching. Um, I've been teaching at a high school level for the last twelve years. Um, I've been teaching at various prep schools over the years, um, which is a rare thing to do because not a lot of high schools have religious studies programs. Mm-hmm. Um, you obviously don't have that in public school in America. So my job options have been limited, but I've also really felt it's important to, uh, reach as many people as early as possible, um, with a, with a vocabulary <laughs> and sure, yeah. understanding of, of religion. So, um, that element of it's been really rewarding. Um, but also like what I've thought about over that time, um, I should also say that I worked for, for, um, News Corp for a while. Uh, I worked at Beliefnet when Beliefnet was a thing. And um, so I did not like the corporate world and and doing religion media that way was not fun. So uh, but not for me, whatever. It can be fun for other people. But um, I, I I thought about how a lot of the sort of landmark events over the course of our young lives. And that's also true of a lot of people that we are talking to and are going to talk to because we're all old now and we are the people who are writing <laughs> writing the books and doing the podcasts and everything else. Uh, a lot of the things that happened along the way, I now have been able to better reframe um, within the Christian nationalist context, within the broadly sort of religious context that I don't think either the media or the adults who were raising me, not my parents necessarily, but you know, teachers and so on and so sure. forth, um, had the vocabulary for that when I look now I understand Waco and and Tim McVeigh and uh, Heaven's Gate in yeah. like in like inc- entirely new lights that um, I think is also really important that I, I don't think necessarily everybody of our generation has quite caught up to that and I think mm-hmm. it's really important to have like provide that context. As well, because I don't think we had a very good way of talking about, yeah. The the, you know, David Koresh was written off as a psychopathic weirdo and like fair, but but also (laughs) there's a really important religious dimension to that. That Mm -hmm. you need to understand, like, how what came before and 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 what happened, and that and to understand Tim McVeigh as a religious zealot in the same way that you understand Al Qaeda as religious zealotry and 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 um. Yeah, so I think it's you know I think a lot of that work has been done. I'm just not sure that it's it's reached the popular imagination right. um, quite the way I'd like it to to yet. So um, that's that's my that's that's one of my um, one of my goals to help <laughs> use, use this platform to get that uh, out to more people and talk to more people about you know those those dimensions of our recent history and and how we should better understand it through that that lens.
1: Well, and I think there's something to be said about the way that podcasts can allow us to sort of do recent history in a way that maybe written word or something, some of sure. op-eds don't allow us to do it, that we can kind of talk through it and like make it happen in a way that um, builds it, um, I guess is what I'm trying to say, um... And um, like engaging in your earbuds format, right, um, that maybe mm-hmm. is accessible in a different way, you know, that folks might listen on their phones in a way that they're not necessarily going to read an op-ed that I write somewhere or follow along with me at Substack or something like this, right? Um, mm-hmm. But th- there's something about a conversation that they can listen to that might allow us to build that kind of history of the present, Um in a different way that I think is, is neat. And part of why I'm excited to participate in this is that it, that it feels like a different kind of venue and a different way to just interact with folks than yeah. the stuff that I normally do. Um, cause I tend to be a written word type person and this is, it's a different format for me. And I, and I dig that you can kind of reach out and do a different kind of work because it's a different medium. Um, and have a different scaffolding and apparatus and maybe just create a different kind of history making or, you know, present making. I don't know. That feels maybe a little academic-y, but
0: um, (laughs) we'll go with it.
1: (laughs) I was like, I promised it wouldn't be academic-y and then I did it anyway.
0: And we will we will talk about zombies sometimes. Yeah, so, no, you know. we're
1: gonna we're gonna do that. We're gonna have to yeah. talk about zombies um, for sure. Which means I have to catch up on the Last of Us, but I'm gonna do it because yep. yep, we're gonna talk about yep. mushroom zombies. <laughs> and there's a
0: there's a big religion-y episode of that show that I uh, very much want to talk about. So, yeah. um, all right, great. So, uh, anything else you want to add before we before we? close and 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 check back in next week
1: i don't know i am just super excited to be doing this and i can't wait um to see what folks think about it and to see um how people react and i'm eager to hear what folks want us to talk about too so if there's like a burning topic that people really want to hear us go back and forth on or if there's a guest that they're really interested um for us to talk to please let us know that would be great
0: Absolutely. All right. We'll be back next week for our first real episode, um, where we'll be talking to Mike Rothschild about Jewish space lasers. Fun place to start.
1: <laughs> it is. It's a great place to start.
0: <laughs> uh, combines all the things that we love: religion and space lasers,
1: conspiracy theory. You know, conspiracy whole bunch theory. Of stuff.
0: All of that. All of that good stuff. Um, it's going to be good. So. If you are subscribed already, then great. We'll see you next week. And if not, um, tell your friends. <laughs> <laughs> and if we wasn't clear in the beginning of the episode, the name of the podcast is Pottery Nose. Um, I think we talked about that quite a bit early we on. Did. So we did. We did. We <laughs> it's, it's a great name, so. Sure is. Um, okay, great. So we will uh, we'll, we'll catch you all next week and um, every two weeks after. And we're looking forward to talking to you. Yes, we are.